0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. All right, so give me a good amen if you're in Revelation 10. Let's read together, guys. Let's just read the first 11 verses because I really want you to get a feel for it, Okay. Revelation is the very last book of the Bible, and so here we go, chapter 10. He says, and it'll be up on the screen too. I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven. You guys see that? Clothed in a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, his feet like the pillars of fire. He had a little book in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roars. When he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now, when seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered, and do not write them. The angel whom I saw standing in the sea and on the land raised up his hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and the things that are in it and the earth and the things that are in it and the sea and the things that are in it, that there should what there should be delay no longer. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished as he declared his servants, the prophets. Then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, Go, take the little book, which is open in the hand of the angel who stands in the sea and on the earth. So I went to the angel and I said to him, Give me the little book. And he said to me, Take and eat, and I will. it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be sweet as honey to your mouth. Then I took the little book out of the angel's hand and I ate it. And it was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and things. Your attention, please. If you're taking note, tonight, I want to divide this portion of Scripture three ways. Okay? Because you can look at it, and in verses 1 to 3, we can see they're going to describe, we're going to describe who this messenger is. Because you need to understand, John all of a sudden turns and he sees this angel. Okay, so we're going to see this angel, and, and here's what I want to preface by saying it looked a lot like Jesus. You're going wait, that's okay, okay. Well, let me not get ahead of myself. In verses four to seven, is going to see we're going to see what is the message he's declaring. Okay, so so we're going to see him describe the message or the messenger. Then we're going to see him, what's the message being declared? And then we're going to finish up, guys, in verses 8 through 11. We're going to see the direction of the messenger, okay? The sweet and sour book that has to be eaten, okay? Now, we need to understand, we need to break it down. Here's why. If you simply read the book of Revelation, you would look at something like this and go, you want me to eat the Bible? You want me to eat it? And then you pull off a page and you go, that's not sweet. It tastes like like ink and paper. No, no, no. We got to dig deep. We got to dig deep, okay? So those are the three sections. But, but listen, listen. In our day and age, we've all heard these questions. You guys ready? Why does God allow evil to run rampant? Have we not heard those questions, right? If God is good, why is there evil? Or why doesn't God just stop the carnage and the confusion? Why does He just do something? We've heard this question. Why does God allow His people to suffer? When will God intervene, breaking His silence to punish the wicked? Do we not hear those questions? God, God, we were praying to you. We have been praying. What are you going to? Listen, the book of Revelation, guys, is essentially the answer to all these questions. You go, Pastor, I'm not sure what you mean. See, in the days of the Lord, with the sounding of the seventh trumpet, he's telling us the mystery is over. You go, how's that? Yeah, listen, God has a, a pattern to his judgments. You go, what do you mean? Okay, so there were six judgments, then a pause. You guys with me? Chapter 7 was a pause. We all went, okay? Then there were six more judgments, and now we see another interlude or another pause, okay? Now, the pause between the sixth and seventh trumpet gives us more information, and there seems to be a principle in God's judgment. What does he do? Listen to me, guys. As he pours out judgment, you and I, we walk out of here on Wednesday nights. As a matter of fact, Soph came to me the other day and goes, man, that was heavy. That was deep. And it is. It is heavy. It's not one that's like, hey, let's all be great. It's really heavy that this is going to happen to our world. But we see that in God's, um, just the way he, he does this pattern, if you will, guys. It, it seems like he 's mixing mercy, if you will, because he gives people a break, a pause, and you're going, "Wow, see chapter 10 is, if you're taking note, put this somewhere in your Bible. This is the longest parenthesis. This is the longest pause of them all. In other words, he's trying to get us, if we 're t- learning, uh, to take to uh, be able to what to catch our breath for just a minute. Okay, but he's allowing the world to do that as well. Okay, so what have we covered so far? Well, you guys know in chapter five we talked about the scroll, right? That blew our mind. The you know right the the deed the deed to the title to earth that was amazing. At that point, right after, right after the Lord says I'm taking the earth back, guess what happens? The six seals happen, right? Six seals, and wow that was that that was the beginning of the tribulation and then we saw that there was a pause in chapter 7 we saw 144,000 jewish people going and, and and preaching the gospel we saw martyrs we saw martyrs of the tribulation you go what's a martyr a martyr is somebody who guys gives their life for the lord in the middle of the tribulation that's a martyr it's a martyr saying, no, I'm not going to follow the world. I'm not going to follow its systems. I'm not going to follow the religious. I'm going to follow Jesus. And they're going to say, hey, listen, you're going to follow Jesus. You're going you're to need to pay with your life. And those are the ones that are going, Lord. And John saw them under the throne. And then in chapter 8, guys, we saw four terrible trumpets. Right In chapter 9, we saw the fifth and sixth trumpets, and then we saw it was a very bad woe, woe, woe. And last week we finished up, now check this out, what we finished up last week, guys, it should sadden us. It should make us sad. You see, with all the judgments of God on a world that has rejected Him. Now I want you to think about something real quick. When we think about rejecting God, when we think about rejecting God, oftentimes we think about somebody going, "Ah, no thanks, I don't want anything to do with God, I reject God. you guys with me? But I think about people who reject God in the way that they're just like, He is not Lord of all. You see, He's a part of life, and He's a part of their life simply to uh, fit in. Oh, yeah, I'm... I'm conservative. I'm Christian. I'm, and it's like, no, no, no. See, this is what's going to happen on a world who, to, to, to people who aren't fully committed followers. That's what the Lord is looking for. He's looking for a full commitment from all of us, guys. A full commitment to say, I'm all in. I'm all in. I, I'm going to serve God with every, every, and, and again, serving God to each one of us looks different. Because when we think of the term serving God, everybody goes, well, I can't be a pastor, Ben. I can't be, uh, you know, no, no, no. It's serving God in your own way, but it's doing it. It's wholeheartedly. You know, what does it mean for married couples? It means serving your wife. It means serving your husband. It means your marriage to glorify God. What does it mean when you're single? It means that you're going, hey man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I want to love and, and honor God in every everything that I do. I want to raise my kids as best I can with the knowledge and the glory of God. That's what I want to do. I want to be able to love each other and, and bring them in and have a family of God and do life together and do community. That's what it means to be Christians. The problem is, is that as we walk in this world in 2021 and 2022 and so forth, guys, we're going to see a pulling away of the basic principles and foundations of the word of God. We're going to see a different culture come in the church and just, and it's, and, it's, and it's crazy. And I'm telling you right now, listen, listen, we should be sad because this is a world that we're talking about that rejected God. And right now in our study, we have seen that half of the world's population is dead. Over 4 million people are dead. That's where we are. Now, for you and I, we're here, and, and it's like watching a movie. Do you ever watch a movie? Do you guys ever watch one of these like disaster movies, whether it's an earthquake or a tsunami, and, they, and you see and, and and we really don't feel the impact of this, but I want you to understand, guys, 4 million... I'm sorry, excuse me, 4 billion people on the planet are dead. You go, how? Well, remember, wars. Wars. Now, now, guys, zero into your life. Zero into your little sphere. These are people you're going to know. These are people you hang with, people you kick it with. These are people... These are people you respect, but maybe they're not, they're not walking as believers. People you work with. God, There's going to be famines. And the thing that scares me about famines, guys, is that it's our little ones. Our little ones. And there wouldn't be anything we wouldn't do for our little ones. But could you imagine what you would be willing to do to make sure your children ate? And I also think of pestilences, right? Diseases. Different things, right? Viruses. And, and you'll hear the thing new, new virant, You know, or, or, or this is going on, or this is happening, or this is... I mean, guys, our world was turned upside down last year. It was rocked to the core. You see, we have had other pestilences, other viruses, other sicknesses. But nothing shook our world like they did last year. You realize that, that just a couple of years ago, or even last year, tuberculosis killed 1.5 million people? You never heard about that, did you? And you go, okay, so what else? Well, then it says that the beasts of the earth, mice and rats, and then it had a two million man army of something. These demons. And so you have all these people dead. Welcome to Calvary, right? You have also, welcome. <laughs> Your visitor going, wow, all he did is talk about dead people. That's what the word says. And then, and, and all we've covered, church, is three and a half years of the tribulation. Three and a half years of the tribulation. In chapter 9, guess what? After all of this, I want you to, go, put, hold on, put on your thinking caps. People are dead over. The world's going crazy. Every time you turn on the news, let, let's just say, let's just say, because y'all are going home with me, amen? You're going, right? You're going, we're going home. We're going in the rapture. We're not, we, ain't, we ain't playing, okay? But let's just say, for the sake of our study, we got a bird's eye view of what's going on here. And we look down on our santos and we see just carnage everywhere. We see the millions, millions, billions of people dead. There's, they can't even bury them. They're making mass graves because there's just so many people. And then you have no wind and you have rotting flesh and people are getting sick that way and they're dying this way and, and, and all, our, all our babies are going first because there's no food. But then our elderly are going too because they're not strong enough. And so it's just been a mess and we're watching this. And the first thing that would come to mind, Mel, if you and I are up in heaven and we're watching this is, guys, wouldn't you, why don't you repent? Why don't you turn to God? And here's what the Word of God says. Chapter 9, verse 20 says this, But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent. Guys, they didn't repent of their works, of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold. Brass stone, wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. And they not repent of their murders, of their sorceries or their sexual immoralities or their theft. Can you imagine? They didn't repent. They didn't repent. They're seeing all of this. They've gone through wars. I think there's a lesson there for us. We need to repent of our sins. We need to turn And follow God at all at all costs. I gotta follow God. These people are like, no, no. Survival of the fittest. We're we're still worshiping our idols, our gold, our silver, our jobs, our career. And this makes me sad because in the tribulation, hearts are going to grow harder. But it makes me sad because even hearts are growing harder and harder now. They really are. Now listen, I love that we get to live in Lubbock, Texas. I love that we're conservative. I love that people love Jesus here. I love that. I love that you can go to a coffee shop and see people open the Bible and study the Bible. I love that. Can I get an amen? But around the world, around the United States, guys, in different parts of our own country, it's not like that. It's not like that. Their hearts are hard. But it doesn't take much to harden a heart, does it? It doesn't take much to harden a heart. It's really easy because what happens is the first thing that goes is you get out of fellowship. Oh, I'm out of fellowship. That's okay. That's all right. I I can still do this. I don't have to be part of a church. I don't have to be part of anything to, to, to be a Christian and slowly... The way the world treats you, the way you go through, it can harden your heart. And, and we studied this. We studied this when we said, guys, we're living in the last days. And, and we studied all of this when we went through our whole series. And one of the biggest things we started off with was, was 2 Timothy 3, right? And it says, but know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. Guys, that means times of stress. Okay, stressful, stressful times. He says what? For men will be lovers of themselves. And when you're a lover of yourself, guys, the rest of these follow. What do you mean? You will be lovers of money. We'll do whatever it takes for money. Got to get ahead. Okay? is boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. We see that unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. But here's the key, guys. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Newsflash, they're going to look like Christians. And I started to think about this. I started to think, guys, what gives us our power? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in me. That's the power. They're gonna deny the power. They're not gonna have the Holy Spirit. And, and and Paul writing to Timothy from such people, he says, Turn away. Turn away. Now, we don't see this in a grand scheme. You understand? We don't I mean, but it's out there. It's out there. You'll see. You'll see snippets, sound bites, news, slap. But it's out there. Guys, guys, think about this. For men will be lovers of themselves. They're not caring about you. They care about themselves. Whether it's the government, whether it's uh, corporations, whether it's the media, whatever it might be, guys, this is what we are in the last days. And don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. 2021 might be the year that Jesus comes back. So we're living in the last days and we see this going on. So, chapter 10, chapter 10, guys, of, of Revelation is a break, a parenthesis, if you will, in the judgments, okay? So, what God's going to do, He's going to give us some more information. So, let's look at the description of the messenger, because John says something incredible. Look at verses 1 to 3. He says, I saw still another, what? Mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed in, or clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head, and his face was like the sun, and his feet was like the pillar of fire. And he had a little book open in his hand, and his right foot on the sea, and his left foot on the land, and he cried with a light voice, when a lion roars, and when he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now, that's an incredible description. Okay? What was your first thought? That looks like Jesus. That looks like Jesus. Because John sees this giant angel, guys, who is very similar to Jesus. This is, I mean, think about it, right? He says, look, his face is like the sun. He's got a rainbow around his head. He's got feet like pillars of fire. His voice roars. I mean, seriously. Seriously. Now, if you're taking note, you've got to jot this down, okay? I want to give you two schools of thought and a theory. You understand? Two schools of thought. I want to I give you both, both sides of the playing field, okay? Because your question, Alex, is this Jesus? Because it sounds that, that... Now, when we first read it, it goes, man, that, that sounds a lot like Jesus. Okay? So, uh, uh, so, John, am I seeing Jesus? Two schools, one theory. You guys with me? Okay, let me give you the first school. There's a lot of people who hang out at this camp. You go, this is Jesus. Really? Yep. He looks so much like it that many commentators, many people, many Bible scholars said this is Jesus, and it's kind of a preview of coming attractions. Okay? I want to give you some background on why people think this is Jesus. Ready? Number one. Okay? In the Old Testament, Jesus often appeared as the angel of the Lord. Okay, So you definitely want to put that. He was clothed with a cloud. In the Old Testament, again, God often appeared in a cloud. Jesus said that he would come in a cloud. And so this school reminds us that John saw Jesus coming in a cloud in chapter 1. I'm like, Whoa. Number two, it says that he had a rainbow around his head. Now, a rainbow is a sign of God's promise. And we've already seen a rainbow encircled around God's throne when we had that description. You're like, okay. Then they come and say, well, his face is like the sun, feet like pillars of fire. His countenance and feet are actually, check this out, identical to chapter 1. And again, a loud voice. They said it's a loud voice. The Psalms in the book of Joel said God will roar. Okay? And the book of Revelation, chapter 5, Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. You're like, cool. <laughs> I'm with you, so many folks, guys, many Bible scholars that I deeply respect, believe that this is Jesus. They're hanging out in this school. You with me? You with me? But I've got to give you the second school of thought. Okay? This is school number one. Oh, that's Jesus. It, 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 it's Jesus. This is school number two. Okay? School number two. This is not Jesus. But this is an angel who looks like Jesus. And again, the same thought of reason. So your question would be, you ready? Why is this not Jesus? You just explained why some people believe it. Why is there not? Okay, you ready? Let me give you several reasons. Okay, and I want you to write this in your Bible. Look at verse 1. It says, it says this, And I saw still another. Everybody say another. Let me say it again. Everybody say another. Here's why. It says, and I saw another mighty angel. I want you to circle that word for another. And here's the Greek word that John used. He used the word allos, A-L-L-O-S. And you go, why is that important? Because the Greek word allos means one of the same kind. One of the same kind. And that takes us back to chapter 8. Why? Where he's talking about the seven angels with seven trumpets. Remember, everything has to be in Context. Because if you take a verse out of context, you make it a pretext, and then it can say anything you want it to say. So we've got to stay in the context. Everybody understand that? Okay? Because we're still in the trumpet judgments. And so John says, that's another of the same kind that we've been talking about. Remember what we were talking about? These were presence angels. If John were to talk about Jesus, he would have used the Greek word um, heteros. H-E-T-E-R-O-S. Heteros. And you go, why? Because that means an angel, or that means another of a different kind. It's not Elos. Elos goes, hey, that's the same guy. Right? Same thing. That's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't believe it's, it's Jesus. Let me give you another reason. Okay? Second school of thought. It's because, now listen... Listen, although Jesus did appear in the Old Testament as an angel of the Lord, we call it a theophany or a Christophany, he never appears this way in the New Testament. He never comes as an angel of the Lord. You're like, oh, okay. Number three, whenever Jesus is mentioned in the book of Revelation, John always gives him an unmistakable title. Like in chapter one, verse five, he says, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. This is Jesus. In chapter one, verse 11, it says he is the alpha, the omega, the first and the last. In chapter 2, verse 18, he says he is the son of God. In chapter 3, verse 7, he is holy, he is true. In chapter 3, verse 14, he is the amen, the faithful, true witness, the beginning and the creation of God. It could go on and on and on. See, different titles that Jesus revealed to himself as John, and it was never vague or never abstract. John doesn't go, who is that? He says, that is God. That is the, the lion. Another reason, think about this, it's inconceivable that Jesus, is, Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, would take an oath is recorded in actually verse 6. Guys, look at verse 6. And he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, and the earth and the things that are in it, and the seed and the things that are in it, That there should, what? that there should be a delay no longer. You go, Ben, what is he saying? He's saying, how could he swear by somebody to do this when Paul, in writing to the Colossians, says this about Jesus? Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 says this, for by him, speaking of Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether... Thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things are created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. So, guys, think about it. He's going, how can he swear by somebody else when he is the one who is part of creation? You're like, man. So we have two different schools, two different thoughts. Who is it? I tend to lean towards the second one. I tend to lean that this is an angel... Right? This is an angel. But, but then again, I mean, you can make up your own mind. But remember I said two schools of one theory? Let me tell you where I'm going with this, okay? Here's the theory. Why does this angel, listen, resemble Jesus? That's a good question. Why does this angel, I mean, he's like, that, cause, cause he looks so much like Jesus that John goes, Ooh, look at this description. Let me give you my theory. Let me give you my theory. You guys ready? Some have suggested, and I tend to agree with this principle. You go, what's that? They look like Jesus because they've been in the presence of Jesus. You're going, what? Okay, jot this down, guys. Let me give you the principle of Scripture that declares you become what you worship. What do you mean? Psalm 15, verse 4, it says this. But their idols, okay, there it is, guys. These are what we worship. Their idols are silver and gold made with hands of men. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. Eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. Noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, they cannot feel. Feet, they cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound in their throats. Stay with me. Look at verse 8. This is key. Those who make them, notice what it says. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all those who trust in them. What? This is what he's saying. He's saying, guys, listen. You will become a lot like what you worship. I'm looking over here at Mel. I'm not saying Mel that you're going to um, you're going to become a a a, a guitar or whatever it might be because you love music. I'm saying what you worship. You understand what you worship. I'm not looking at Alex going, Alex, you're going to become a drum. You're like a symbol, bro. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, listen. Here's the principle. It says this, those who make these things, these idols, will become just like them. I mean, think about it, guys. Put your thinking caps on for just a minute. This is why we see in this world, and, and maybe they faded away. I don't know, Santos, but remember, remember it was like everybody was walking around trying to impersonate Elvis. They wanted to look like Elvis. Do you remember? That was like, man, that was a big craze. Or, or, or even some other celebrity. That's what they want to look like. And we'll go through these things that go, oh, well, I, you look like, and, and oh, I, I do. I do. But if you want to know what somebody worships, talk to them for five seconds. Talk to them for five seconds. The conversation will clearly go. It might be, listen, it might be whatever they're into. Could be cars, homes, money, whatever, careers, children. It could be that. I have a pastor friend. Pastor friend. That anytime you talk to him, it seems like he talks about ties and offerings and money. It's weird. It's really weird. And I just kind of go. I get the feeling that maybe he. I. 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 I, I don't know. I don't know. But here's the principle. You guys ready? The principle is you become like what you worship. And that's a great principle for us. You go, why? Because I want to become more like Jesus. You see, over in 1 John, he says that there are people who walk just like Jesus walked, look like Jesus. Now, I get it. We're not Jesus. You understand. But if that principle holds true, guys, listen, what a great application for us today. Because if we worship the Lord, we should be like Him. We should be like Him. So when we come together on Wednesdays and we come together on Sundays, guys, and we worship and we study the Bible, God is doing a work to make you look more like Himself. That's what it's about. Oh, sure. You walk out those doors and, 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 and you have to fight the world because the world wants you to make, it wants you to, to, to look like the world. It wants you to go back and it wants, but when you're in here and you go, man, I need, I, I just was worshiping God and I just felt His presence and I want to be more like Him. Because what He wants to do, listen to me, church, He's transforming us to be more like Him he's molding and sharpening our very own hearts and it happens the more time the more time the more time you spend with him can i get an amen i'll tell you why let me give you the opposite principle if you were to watch the news 24/7 tell me what kind of person you would be a negative and de- and depressed and just all just you know that if you just watched and and that's what happens, guys. If you went to your job and you were working 18 hours a day, seven days a week, what's going to happen? I'd get rich. Maybe not. But you're going to become what you worship. You know what the sad part about that is too, guys, is that we have to find balance because I know very there are a lot of people who worship their sports team. Let me, let me give you an example. I had a friend back in New Mexico. Good friend. used to work for me. We uh, delivered some furniture to his house and he had he had an unbuilt un- beautiful double white trailer, walked in, and, and he had a room totally dedicated. Totally de- everything you could imagine. Dallas Cowboys. Completely. I mean, it was like a shrine to the Dallas Cowboys. He liked the Dallas Cowboys. I don't don't care if he likes the Dallas Cowboys or not. But the problem was is that when you put too much time into the Dallas Cowboys and not into your marriage, fast forward 20 years, the Dallas Cowboys are still in Texas, but he's divorced. You understand that, right? And so we have to be careful with our sports teams. We We have to be careful that we worship God, because even something good—listen, listen—even something good can become ultimate. You guys tracking with me? Because our kids are good. We, we, whoo—they're good, but they cannot be ultimate. I'll tell you why. You ready? If you get nothing else out of this Bible study, get this: people make horrible gods. They do. When you worship people, they will let you down. People make horrible gods. And so, guys, think about the principle. Think about this. Okay? You're looking at me like you don't believe me, Mel. Let me give you an example. Mel's not just kidding, Mel. Think about Moses. Think about Moses. You guys ready? Moses on Mount Sinai. Do you guys remember what happened? Okay? Moses would go up to Mount Sinai. When he came down, his face was glowing like a light bulb. Came down, everybody in the camp went, whoa, look at Moses. Where was he? He was hanging out with Jesus, right? He's, he's, he, he was God. And he'd come down and he'd just be like, glowing. Well, after a few days, what would happen? The glow would start to fade that, may, that Moses had to put on a what? A veil. He didn't want people to see the, 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 the glow to go away. Right? He he knew that the glow was fading. And it would fade until he went back into the presence of God. So let me give you some application. In reality, we do the same thing. Because tomorrow morning, you're going to get up, you're going to spend time with the Lord, and you're going to glow. And you're going to go off on your day. And living in this world has a way of taking the glow right out of you. You understand that? And that's why each day we need to purpose to spend time with the Lord, individually, with devotions. We need to spend time, if we we have a day off, spending a few hours worshiping God. Get that glow back. Guys, we used to. When you got saved, I mean, you were like... Do you remember when you first got saved? And, oh, ah, and you'd spend time and an hour would go by and you're going, man, I prayed for an hour. Now you're like, golly, I've been praying for 10 minutes. <laughs> I've got stuff to do. Hours would go by and you'd just be on your face worshiping God. And we feel like we've lost that loving feeling, man. Because the world has a way of taking our glow out of us. It does. But not only individually, guys, but when we come in together. We come together here. Okay? This is why midweek Bible study is so important. Okay? Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but here's what happens. When we come together, we're like coals. You understand that? Okay? We're like coals. And when we get together, man, we rub each other and we're just like, yeah! Man, I, I was talking to Santos, I was talking to Alice, I was talking to Mike, man, and, oh, I was just and, 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 and you get that glow back, guys. And we're like little embers, and we just, you know, you know that, right? And then and then it just has a great way of affecting our attitude. And we leave out of here, man, at 8.30, and we're just like, man, that was cool, man. That was awesome. What a great message. And I got to tell, whoo, I feel good. Somebody cuts you off, and you're just like, oh, God bless you, brother. Go on ahead. You're great. And you go home. But by the next few days, when your glow is down, guess what happens? Okay, hey, the world affects your glow and somebody cuts you off and you don't have that same attitude, do you? Well, I can't believe you drive driving or parking, you loud. And you realize, oh, oh, I, I need to get back to church. <laughs> I need to get back to church. I need some, I need some brothers, I need some brothers and sisters. I need some, yeah, yeah. I need to go where the other coals are. I need to brighten up. I need to brighten up. Guys, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Well, back in Revelation, okay? I don't have much time to, to keep going, but, but, but think about this. And two, he says, this angel had a little open book in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot in the land. Notice what he says. Um, he, he, that, here's what it means. The angel put his foot in the ocean and the land. Here's what this signifies. If you're taking note, ultimate authority ultimate authority, okay? The world has been under control of Satan, and God said, that's enough. That's enough, okay? The Lord is saying, I'm putting my foot down. This is it. This is it, okay? And it symbolizes, guys, it's a final takeover on planet earth, okay? It's set in motion. This is it. The last three and a half years, this is it. Because why? Because the seventh trumpet is going to sound and it's going to open seven bold judgments. right? And, it's, and what does the angel say? No more delay. No more delay. This is on. This is on. Okay? And it goes on. And he says this. Now, when the seven thunders uttered their voices, he was about to write, but he says, no, 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 listen. I heard a voice from heaven saying, don't write, seal up the things which you, which the seven thunders uttered and do not write them. Okay, so John goes, I, I I don't know what he said. I know what he said, I just didn't write him. Now, here's what you need to understand. God doesn't owe us an explanation. Okay, we must be content where what, what 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 the Scripture does say and believe that God says, even if we don't fully grasp it. Right, because John goes, hey, I'm going to write this down. Don't write it, okay. And you and I go, man, I wonder what he said. I wonder what the seven boy is it, is it pertinent? Well, let's see what he says, okay. What's the message? Verse five it says, "Then the angel, right, whom I saw standing on the sea, and the other raised his hand to heaven. Okay, and he swore to him who lives forever, who created the heaven and the things that are in it, and the earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it. Okay, that there should be no longer delay. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished, as he declared to his servants and." His prophets. What's the declaration, guys? This is verses 5 to 7. See, John hears thunders and he starts to write down, but he's told to stop. Why is that? I don't know. I think it's kind of odd. Since the book of Revelation is the unveiling. Okay? And so the question comes up. Okay? So what was uttered? We don't know. And some try to speculate. Okay? But it's better to be silent where the Bible is silent. You got that, right? We we never want to be like well let me tell you okay let me tell you God's giving me a new revelation from the if the Bible is silent we're silent and it's okay to go I don't know I I, I don't know right right because John is 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 told to write now what does he say well let me give you two possible reasons why he's told not to write number one this message is just for John just for John. Okay or number two, it was a message for later for a later time you guys tracking with me so 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 we don't know and 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 here's the thing guys there are times as a pastor that I will get a message from God that I know that he wants me to speak to the church okay this is this is and then there are times that as a Christian and a husband and a dad that God's speaking to me. Like like I was talking to my friend from California, my pastor friend, and he said, you know what? Here's what the Lord told me. God's going to do a greater work in your church. And I'm like, yes! And he goes, and in you too. And I'm like, oh. You understand what that means, right? You understand what a greater work in you means. It's wonderful, but it's not fun. It's, oh, oh. Actually, I've been serving the Lord for a long time. I've been, we've been pastoring 17 years. I got saved when I was 17. That was a long time ago. God's like, but I'm not done with you yet. Really? Because Alex, bro, I thought I arrived. Man, I thought I was there. I thought, hey. And God's like, no, no, no. You see? So, so for John, this might be something deep for him. Just like it is for you. Here's my. Here's our application, guys. Here's here's our application. Ready? Ask the Lord to reveal. Is that for you? Is it for somebody else? Now we got to be careful, right? Because we'll get something in the Bible and go, "Hey, that's for my wife. <laughs> that's my." I got to tell her. Listen, no, 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 no. You see, because Natalie and I were talking the other day, and here's what came up. I said, "You know what? The Bible reminds us that we need to what." First remove the plank from our eye before we can see the speck in our brother's eye. So it's always looking inward, guys, always. It's always looking, Lord, where am I with you? Is this righteous? Should I say this? Where are we? I want to remove the I know I've got a plank. You got a plank? I know I've got a plank. I just want to help my brother out with a speck. And once I move the plank, then I'm going to be more humble to be able to tell my brother my sister, hey, there's a there's a speck there. Why? Because, Santos, if I were going to tell you you have a speck in your eye and I don't remove the plank from my eye, I'm going to beat you over the head with my, my, my plank, right? Wow, <laughs> oh, and that's, that's pride. Wow, why'd you hit me so hard? Well, if you would just read the Bible like I did, Santos, you wouldn't go through those troubles you do. And if you would just do what I said, you would do what I do. and Man, you, you know what? You should, God is just blessing me all over the place. And I just understand i just highly favored. Now, I'm a sinner. I'm broken, man. And I don't want you to go down that path, bro. because that leads to destruction. I've been there. You guys have been through stuff in your life so that you can help others not go down that path. You've experienced heartache and brokenness so that you can help. I'm not saying it always works. I'm not saying that they always listen to you, but, but that's your goal. Wait, 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 wait. You, you've been through what I've been through? Yeah. I thought I was the only one going through this. Guys, let's finish up here at the direction of the messenger. Verse 8. Then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, Go, take the little book which is open at the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the earth. That's complete authority. So I went to the angel and I said, Give me the little book. And he said to me, take and eat, and it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. So I took the book out of the angel's hand and ate it, and it was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, guess what happened, guys? My stomach became bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings check it out guys the book guys is a sweet and sour book that was eaten that was eaten cuz there are several passages liken the word to food you go like what jeremiah chapter 15 and 16 says your word were found your words are found and i ate them and your word to me was joy and rejoicing in my heart god guys psalm 19:9 9 says the judgments of the lord are true and righteous altogether more to be desired than gold yea than fine gold sweeter than honey and the honeycomb hebrews chapter 5 says the meat of the word and of course first peter chapter 2 talks about the milk of the word guys this is food this is food here's what i need you to understand the word of god is spiritual food but it's very very sweet but it's also can be sour you guys know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? It's it's going to be sweet. It's going to be sour, depending on where we are in our lives. You go, Pastor. I'm not sure what you mean. Hey, man, some 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 of the word is sweet, man. It's like it's like Brahms ice cream, right? It's oh, man, this is great. The Psalms are amazing. It's sweet. I like oh, I like hanging out with David in the Psalms, man. And then and then if you want like solid food, go to Hebrews, man. That's like steak. Oh, that's, oh, that's a great steak. Right? Or 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 like like Ephesians is like pizza, right? And it's like, man, I got some great verse, man. He tells me that I'm alive in Christ. He says like I'm safe through faith. This is great pizza. That's good stuff. Everybody goes, Amen. But then there are some passages, guys, there are some passages that we don't like. Okay? They're like cream spinach. And it's just like, hmm. Mm. Cordelia was asking me, Grandpa, what's the one food that you do not like? And I like all kinds of food, but the one thing that I just uh, I would pass on is butternut squash. Anybody like butternut squash? Two two people, great, great, great. Some of the word of God is like, but 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 some of the word of God is bitter to our stomach. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You go like like what do you mean? Yes, its conviction. As we read it, and we're like, oh, that's it's 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 yeah. Yeah. Like like we'll listen to a message, right? And and you don't have that issue. So you're like, man, that, that was good, man. That was that was really good. But then the pastor says something, or the, or the, well, say something, and then it hits you, and you're just like, oh. Oh. And it's it's bitter and it's sour, and the problem is is that we don't want to deal with it, guys. And so when we're listening to a message, here's what we do: we tune out. <laughs> we tune out. We tune out. Go do something else. Isn't God amazing? Because when you're having marital problems, it seems like that's all the messages that come on. You're like, man, he's talking about marriage again. Ugh. Loving your wife, oh, I can't believe this, right? Or, or if you're struggling with a certain thing, it just seems like that. And, and, and how much better, guys, if we were to respond beautifully to the conviction of the Holy Spirit instead of resisting it. Lord, is this me? Is this me? I don't know where we got so prideful that we don't realize that we're sinners saved by grace and that we need to go to our wives oftentimes and say, I am so sorry, we need to go to brothers and just, my man, please forgive me. We need to, we need to be able to just walk in humility. We need to not, we need to not freak out at the checkers at the grocery store because they're having a rough day. We don't need to, I mean, we just, that's not us. Because we spend time with Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. Jesus wasn't selfish, self centered. He, he, he said, man, I esteem others higher than myself. No, but you know, I need to get mine. It's just, it's about me.: No, 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 it's about him. And I want my heart to transform. I, w- I wish I could say I arrived. I'm there. But, but I'm not. Lord, I need to worship you more. I want people to go. You smell like Jesus. You smell like Jesus, right? Do you realize that after we have a good rain, how does it smell? Oh, it smells good. Right, That's Jesus. I don't want somebody to go, you smell, st- hmm. You haven't been with Jesus lately, have you? What are you saying? What, what do you mean? You, that, that. Guys, Revelation is a book. Guys, both bitter and sweet. Why? Think about this. When we read about our Lord coming back for us, isn't that sweet? Ah, It's sweet. When we read about the tribulation and realize we're not going to be here, that's sweet. Can I get an amen? But it's also bitter. Why is it bitter, Tony? I'll tell you why. Because when we read about the three and a half years and the four billion people that are dead and everything that they're going to go through, that makes my stomach upset. Why? Because I know that there are people that are gonna go through this. I had a friend of mine text me today, Where are you at? Where you been? We hadn't we hadn't talked in a while. And I said, I said, Where you been? I thought the rapture came and I hadn't heard from you. And he said, Where you been? And I said, just trying to warn people. Just trying to warn people in a loving way, just trying to warn people. Best I can. I've got to share the love of Christ with people. Like Paul says, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor. I'm in debt. I've got to share, even if it risks offending you. Because I believe there's power in the gospel. There's some people I need to talk to and relatives I need to write to and I need to tell them. I need to tell them. Let's close, guys. Let's close. We're gonna spend the next couple of minutes just uh preparing our hearts for worship. As the worship team makes their way and and we get ready, guys, we're gonna move into into communion and, and uh It's going to get worse. The tribulation is going to get worse. We're going to move into, guys, the the seventh trumpet, and then open the bowl judgments. Let's uh, let's take a moment just to pray. Just to pray, Father, you are gracious and compassionate and loving, and I thank you for your word tonight, but Lord, as we move into communion, Lord, we would just spend just just a moment, God just honoring you. We love you, Lord, guys, as the worship team prepares to sing a couple of songs probably ones that we've done earlier. Here's what I want you to do. When it comes to communion, the first thing you need to know is that, guys, it's open communion. And what does that mean? That means if you've given your life to Jesus, you're welcome to take communion with us. Okay? But the Bible also says not to take it in an unworthy manner. And you go, what does that mean? Don't take it if you're not, if you're not saved. Don't take it if you're not saved. You go, Wow, well, uh, How do I get saved? I mean, I really want to believe. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a minute. And so here's what I want you to do. As the worship team plays the song, guys, you come, feel free to come up at any time whenever you want to. Pray with each other. This is this is open for you. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a moment, and I want you to look in your heart. Look deep within. What are some things that you need to confess to the Lord? Some pride issues or, some, or just some... some just something that's just he's, he's, hes revealed to you. Something that's just between you and the Lord. You don't have to—you don't have to come up, Pastor Man. I need to talk to you. Yes, Lord, this is, man. I've been—I'm a mess. And then I want you to look back, look back at how faithful God is to you, how He supplied everything you need, how you've never gone hungry, how He's just blessing you, and remember those times. And then what I want you to do is remember to look look forward, look ahead, because Jesus said, the next time I do this, I want to do it with you in heaven. So Jesus hasn't taken communion at all. He's going to do it when we get to heaven. And so when you and I take it, it's a beautiful reminder of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and how one day we're going to do it with him in heaven. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. So here's what we're going to do. Um they're going to sing. Pray. When you're ready, you come up individually, pray with each other. And uh, at 8.30, we'll dismiss. And uh, But I never want to leave a Bible study without giving you an opportunity to surrender your life to Christ. The Bible says that we're sinners and we need a Savior. And that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, that he'll come into our heart, he'll forgive us of our sin, and he'll he'll live and reign in us. But we have to believe in him. We have to believe that that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. We have to believe, and what that believe means is that you you, you basically, with all of your heart, going, I I trust God with with all my life. And by doing that, The Bible says that when you believe and confess, that He comes in and He takes up residency and now He starts to govern your life. Doesn't mean you're perfect, doesn't mean you won't make mistakes, but it means you'll be saved. And all the guilt that you've carried for all these years will be gone. All the all 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 the just the emotional baggage that we've had, it'll be gone. God can heal that. He does it every day. So let's pray with every eye closed. I just want to give you an opportunity with every eyes closed. Those of you watching online, if, if you happen to be, listen, maybe God's speaking to you. I know his spirit is moving crazy, but listen, here's the deal. If you're here and you've never surrendered your life to God and, and God has been, has been speaking to you, today's your day. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to be really brave and just lift up your hand and say, Ben, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to Jesus. I wanna be right with God. I want my sins forgiven and I wanna I wanna know that I'm going to heaven to die tonight and I wanna take communion knowing that I'm a Christian. And if you wanna do that right now, those of you watching online, those of you in the room, if you'll just lift up your hand and say, Ben, pray for me. Nobody's watching you, God will see your heart. And you say, Ben, pray for me. Help us look real quick. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your spirit, Lord. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.